what are the things that you are most grateful for um, over the last nine years? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and when you, you work in a place where <clears throat> um, you're well recognized for what you do, um, you have freedom to do ministry at different levels, people love you, then it's difficult to just say I'm hearing God. Uh, but it got to a point where I could no longer, you know, pretend as if I wasn't hearing God. So let me say this to somebody here. There are dreams that God will put in your heart. God expects you uh, to incubate those dreams. He expects you uh, to hear him much more strongly and to stay with it and to make sure that that conviction is strong and you know it's with you. Then the next thing is you need to start taking steps. Because if you refuse to take those steps, um, you can't get what heaven has allocated. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying today. Uh, so as we rejoice this season, another thing I want to tell somebody here is that you put your hairs to the ground. Or maybe something that God has spoken to you and about in time past. Maybe your time is up in certain areas of life. Maybe there's something new that is about to start. As we celebrate newness, celebrate new beginnings, I want you to have it at the back of your mind that God wants to speak to you and just put your hairs to the ground. And if you will give him the opportunity, he will put enough courage and confidence in your heart to be able to step out and do what you're supposed to do. Hallelujah. All right. Um, <clears throat> thank you very much for that, Pastor. Um, so, so, so my next question, PG, yeah? Um, again, following on, on, the, on the question around vision, right? Um, I'm sure there are a couple of people in here this evening who probably joined us in the last one year, um, air-conditioned auditorium, everything is looking nice and rosy. Uh, but I, I, I remember um, when we started and you had this office at Dolphin Estates, um, which was in the BQ of somebody's office that they were gracious enough to allow us to use for, for six months or for nine months, right? And I always compare that office to your office at Daystar then, and so, because this is, what, what, what will Pastor Godman be thinking, driving into this place in the morning? You know, so, so one, my question is this. In those early years, when it looks like, look, things were different from where we were coming from, um, things, things were taking their times to grow and to do all of that, what sustained you, what sustained the vision? If I, somebody said to ask you, did you actually not feel like going back to where you came from? And if okay. you did, what, what kept you? <laughs> well, um, did I feel like going back to where I came from? Or maybe once in a while you feel like that, truthfully. Um, I remember the morning that I was driving to church on the 3rd of October, 2010. That was the day my pastor prayed for me and officially released me. Um, I was, my wife was coming for the other service. I was going earlier. Uh, I were to be prayed for in the third service. So I was going from the first service. So it was just myself and my sister-in-law in the car. And I sobbed from, as we drove out of our estate until we got to church, and that was like, like a 30 minutes journey. And my sister-in-law would look at me and say, why are you crying? I would say, don't worry about it. <laughs> I cried all the way to church until I parked. And um, as I parked, I was just trying to internalize everything. That you, you mean, I mean, this auditorium sees 5,000 people, and that's where I preach every morning, every Sunday morning. So moving from speaking to 5,000 people on Sunday morning to not even knowing whether anybody will show up. <laughs> 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 it, 
it's not a, it's not a joke. But you know, as I parked, the first person that walked up to me, uh, Pastor had announced that they were going to pray for me that day. The first person that walked up to me uh, came to me with a gift. That was the first, I mean, iPad was just released then. That was the first iPad ever. So you see, I preach with iPad, uh, with an iPad every Sunday here. That was where I started from. <laughs> so the, the person gave me a gift, and he said, you know, I bought this for myself, but God spoke to me overnight, that it's going to be released today. I should give this to you. And I was actually thinking of getting one, and I was thinking, well, where, where was I going to get the money from and all that? And that was just the first thing, God telling me, um, okay, <laughs> they're showing some pictures. <laughs> Don't worry, you're going to see more of that on Sunday. All right, so that was just God telling me that the things that you may think you will not be able to get easily, I'm going to supply them with no problem. Amen. So I remember um, um, one of our staff, Brother uh, uh, Dari, was telling me earlier today that there was a, we're, think, we're talking about this message series that we're preaching in the last nine years. The figure they put to the series that they can still have, I mean, they, that we still have right now, is 108. So we're saying that, oh, we preach many more message series than that. And so he mentioned a particular message that I preached at Magnolia Hall in this place. And that, that, that changed his life, that he wished I could either preach it again or we'll find it. And I told him, I said, um, if I preach it there, even if they cannot find the audio, I have the note because all my iPad notes have been transferred from one to the other. I'm probably on my fifth iPad now since then, or fourth, and all the notes are there. So yeah. I can look for that note and bring it out. But this is where I'm going. There are ways God speak to you that make you know that I can't go back. I can only go forward. Not because going back is essentially bad, because my home church is not a bad place. Mm. If God tells me I'll go back there this Sunday, you won't find me here. <laughs> Only on divine instruction. <laughs> Only on divine instruction. Um, one of the things that God has taught me also is that don't attach your self-esteem to anything that I'll give you. That's why I can give out anything. Yeah, I can give out, I mean, virtually anything. Anything that is even becoming too big in my life. One of the ways I resolve it is to let go. Yeah. So, um, I am, how do I put this now? I'm trying to explain that issue of going back. I am here as global lead pastor, but not the owner of the church. So if I get any instruction about going anywhere, I will have gone. You, you will announce it. <laughs> 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 so going back to this star uh, is not the issue here, but hearing what is next what is next per time, and following God. But to, to say that um, there was never a point where, I mean, like you said, somebody graciously gave us a, a one-room or so office at Dolphin Estate in this big queue to use when this church was starting. I was starting from Lagos Island. Um, I used to have a big office in Daystar, I mean, with all kinds of staff around me. I have a personal assistant. I have all that. I had all that. But this was me sitting down in the office and just sitting there with table and chair. And thinking, so what are we going to do now? <laughs> and all you, all you can do is just to write things down. Just write, write. Just visioning and, you know, looking at which structure do we need to create and all that. And just do all that. And sometimes it becomes overwhelming. You feel like uh, maybe there's no point starting afresh. 
but what I'll say to somebody here tonight is whatever God has put in your heart, even if it will require you letting go of your past or fam the familiar territory, please understand that God has worked like that in many instances, from yeah. Abraham to, you know, he's, he's always calling people, he's always moving us, he's always doing stuff, and if we will stay in his will, we can never get it wrong. And if it's his will is for you to remain where you are, then stay there. If his will is to move on to the next level, then, then move. Your faith may shake a bit, but God is always there to hold us strong. Hallelujah. All right, so, so, um, so PG, uh, in the midst of all of these things, right, um, just listening to the things that you have said and the things that you have taught us in the previous years, right, um, it's very clear that growth and development and uh, especially the relationship with God are some of the things that help us to sustain and stay in the place of vision, right? So my question is, how do you keep growing spiritually whilst growing a church or a business or a career? You know, how do you sustain that momentum in, in the quality of your relationship with God and your spiritual development and maturity? Thank you. Um, when you get into the grind or, you know, just in the trenches doing something, maybe as an entrepreneur, as a pastor, as a pioneer, even as someone who is pioneering within an existing organization, the things that I'm most grateful for, I think I'm most grateful for the, for the grace of God, for the benefit of knowing that God is with you. You know, it's one thing for you to want to do something or feel the urge to do something, but not to be sure that you have God with you. You know, it's just like when uh, God told Moses to take the children of Israel out of bondage, and he said, if you will not go with us, he said, don't carry us there. But if you will go with us, we'll know whether it's Red Sea or, you know, River Jordan, whatever river, whatever obstacle, we'll be able to pass through because we know that you're with us. So that's, that's one thing that I'm most grateful for, a sense of uh, divine presence that, is, uh, that you can't second guess. I, I just knew that God has always been here, God is here, God will always be here, and God will always be with me, with my family. Always grateful for that, always grateful. All and right. if I will put a second, very close second, uh, people that have God, that God has sent to me, Hallelujah. People who carry God. Uh, I mean, starting with my wife to all the pastors. I mean, doesn't he look like he has God? <laughs> you know, um, I'm grateful for fantastic God-fearing people uh, that God has brought into my life. Uh, second to the presence of God are people. And like I said, um, I mean, without trying to say too much, I married a woman that was, that's just fit for, for me and for what I'm doing right now. Hallelujah. There's nothing that God has asked us to do that my wife has opposed. Rather than opposing, she looks for ways by which those things can be done. You know. She's a prayerful woman. She hears from God. She's a good sounding board. So even when maybe I miss it by two or three inches, 
she's able to, you know, bring me back. <laughs> All right. And I can say the same for our pastors and ministers, um, the good people to be with, the people who listen to God, the people that, that we can. I'm not, well, there's no room for autocratic leadership in our system because we can engage uh, because they, they hear God also, and we just, we just connect. Good chemistry. I'm grateful to God for that. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I'm sure the same is applicable to anybody who is trying to do something in their lives here, all right? Um, the same grace over the house um, will be with you. Now, um, uh, Pastor Goldman, so we, we, we know that, we all know that um, pastoring the Elevation Church is not the first thing or the only thing that you have done with your life, right? Um, you were in a place where you were thriving, things were going very well, you know, you could have been there forever, and um, your influence would have continued to grow. And then God spoke to you, you know, to go and start the Elevation Church. So uh, how did you walk through that process and also manage to leave behind all of those um, big things, big office, big reputation, to come and start at the Elevation Church, you know, when all you had was just a vision in your heart. Thank you. Uh, the first thing I'll say is that if there's a man or a woman with vision in your heart listening to me tonight, I want you to know something that God looks after the vision that he puts in our heart. We just need to put ourselves in a place where we can hear God, where we can, you know, pick up a vision from God. If you remember the story of Joseph, Joseph was 17 when he started to see things in his dreams and he dared to even talk about, he talked about those, those things. And um, I think everything added up over 20 years later uh, when it looked like what God was telling him. But you know, everything he went through through that period, the only thing they could not steal from him was the dream in his heart. And I want to encourage somebody here tonight that even this season of celebration, make up your mind that nothing that you're going through right now will be strong enough to take God, a God-given dream away from your heart. Uh, because when we go through stuff, hell and high waters and all that, when you move from um, houseboy to prisoner like Joseph, you may want to jettison the dream that God has put in your heart. Uh, because the last nine years, I'll say it has been fantastic, but it's not always been rosy all the way. And Pastor CJ was asking about, I mean, I, I used to be an associate pastor in Daystar, and as at the time I was leaving, I was the most senior associate. I was the campus pastor, resident pastor, you know, and all that. Um, I didn't have any reason at all. My story of leaving started from, um, I'll say God, but through my pastor, first and foremost, to, for my pastor to be trying to clarify that God seemed to be talking to me about you. Is there some things that God is talking to you about? Are there things that you really feel that you want to do that may be of greater benefit to the body of Christ? beyond this church, and I was, I was shocked. So I had to pray, because I was not ready to hear God about anything like this. <laughs> yeah, Church planting in ministry, we call it the extreme sport of ministry. That's the extreme sport in ministry, is church planting. You know, it's okay for you to be preaching on the streets and have your work, or be doing any kind of ministry, but to plant a church, that's the, it's like bungee jumping or skydiving. Sometimes we, we get to confuse what we need to survive with who we are. So, in a day, maybe I did, I, I've done my schedule, I have four meetings, 
and I have to do this. And I mean, some, some weeks I have to prepare maybe four or five messages to preach like two here, preach like three outside, and you know, different things. And then you still have family, you have, I have a wife that I have to be husband to, you know, I have to be a husband to my wife, you know, all, all that. When you put all that together, it's just like the story of anybody listening to me right now. There are things that we have to do, but it's who we are. If you always remind yourself that I am primarily a child of God, and I need to nurture that relationship with my father, you will not cut off from growing spiritually. Because there are things to be done if I will nurture my relationship with my father. I can prepare 10 messages in a week, but it should not take me away from my quiet time when I read the Bible to nurture my relationship with my father, to get to know him better. I can be praying for 10 people in a day, but it shouldn't stop me from praying as a child of God. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying here. And that's what I'll say to everybody here. If you want to keep growing spiritually, don't forget who you are in the midst of what you need. Many people, you know, they're, they're looking for God's hand, not his heart. Yeah. A father, father-son relationship is a heart-to-heart connection. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if we get carried away with what we can get, we will lose that heart-to-heart connection. Because it's that heart-to-heart connection that takes you to the place of worship, where you just want to worship your father, where you just want to communicate with your father, where you want to have you know, a real heart-to-heart connection, where you want to listen to your father, not just for direction for business. Because some entrepreneurs are listening to me right now. The only reason why you are praying right now is because your business is in trouble. Mm. If everything is going well, you will not be praying. Yeah, that's how we lose our focus on who we are, not what we want. Not what we need to survive, but who we are first and foremost. If you always pay attention to who you are, you will not be able to backslide as a Christian. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit will keep reminding you, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God, and I need to nurture my relationship with God, and I take personal responsibility for my spiritual development. And that's, that's what has kept me. All right. Thank you very much, PG. Okay. Uh, so we said we we're going to do um, one or two or three live questions from the audience. Uh, Pastor Bawali, are we ready? Okay. So we'll take um, one or two questions and then come back to ask PG some more questions from what we're written before. All right. Where? So if you, if you want to ask a question, just raise up your hand and someone will bring you a microphone. There's okay. A so so there's, the there's a hand over there. Who has the mic? Um, okay, that gentleman over there has the mic. We may need more than one mic because of the distance. Yeah, the there's, there's another one over there. All right, good evening, sir. Yeah. Uh, please, uh, over the nine years, what has been your biggest challenge in the, in the ministry? That's what you said earlier. Okay. Um, can we take one more? Yeah, so okay, so let's take, take the two together. I think that gives me some time to think about the answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any, uh, yes, there's another, there's, there's a lady over here. Can we run the mic over to her? Oh, I apologize, we had someone there. We'll come back to you. So you'll be the next person after this one. Good evening, PG. Good evening. I'm so blessed to be here today. 
I'm new here somehow. I come from time to time. Um, the first time I came to this church, there was an atmosphere so visible, so strong. And what's this atmosphere? It's an atmosphere of unity, of love, of like you are wanted, you can be here. So I was like, am I the only one seeing that? The first time I came here, I came with my son and I came with my help. So after church, I asked them, how did you find the place? My son said, I love the place. And my help was like, amazing. So my question to you is, how did this church come about this? Because you are in the center of it. And I believe you know. And I want to know. So many people are listening. Because it's something that we need to create wherever we go in our home. Anywhere we find ourselves. That is just Christianity. Praise God. Thank you. So, I'll answer this too, and maybe we can take two more. Okay. Yeah. And then, all right. Okay. Well, I'm not supposed to be saying that you are the moderator. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's part of my struggles. They say, what, 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 what's my greatest... Uh, challenge. Yeah. This is part of my challenge. One, one thing I struggle with um, is to stay away from being in charge. <laughs> uh, I'm so wired for leadership that it's difficult to, to not want to lead. So you see me sometimes, it takes me a lot to just sit at the back and say I'm not doing anything today. Sometimes I say I come into service, I'm training myself not to lead or not to want to be in charge and to give other people the opportunity. Um, but as a visionary, there's a way you see things that you just lie to yourself that you are the only one seeing things that way. So you want to do it, you know, if possible, be the one to do it all the time. Uh, and it just doesn't work. It took me a few years into this church to know that you need to let go sometimes and just allow things to be. Um, so it's one of my struggles. But if you talk about my greatest struggle, I think my greatest struggle really because I love to be in people's good books. I love people, and I love for people to love me. Uh, God has trained me in the last few years to continue to love people, but not, uh, to, not holding too tightly that people sh must love me. Then you become a people pleaser. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So I'll put the two questions together. My sister asked a question about how we make the atmosphere and all that. And my brother asked the question, what's your greatest struggle? I think my greatest struggle is, as a pastor, for instance, I can answer that question in different areas. As a leader, as a pastor, as somebody starting new things. But as a pastor, my greatest struggle is how do we maintain that atmosphere of love? Because as good as you, you found it, some people have also found it a different way. Yeah. And it's because it's church. We have to relate. And people are at, diff at the different level of the ladder in their growth trajectory. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So sometimes you interact with someone and you, you don't quite feel it that way. Some of the times you interact with other people and you feel it a different way. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So as a pastor... I love the Acts 2 church, Acts chapter 2 church. The description of Acts chapter 2, that's what I love. And when anything is 
happening differently from that, it just messes me up. Yeah. Messes me up badly because I, quote and unquote, I'm an idealist. But I've also learned over time that you, <laughs> things will not always be ideal. Yeah. If not, you won't need God. Yeah. So you need God to keep learning, to keep gaining wisdom. Um, so, so that's one of my greatest struggles because, because I love, I mean, I consider myself a people person. Um, our challenge has not been, uh, how do I put it? Maybe things not working or, I mean, we've had to fight battles, spiritual warfare, but that's not the issue. Christ gave us victory over 2,000 years ago. So I can't come here and say uh, our greatest struggle is uh, the devil. The devil is not our match. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> we got the victory when Christ hung on the cross. Yeah. But the real issue we have to deal with is how we relate with each other. Yeah. How we relate with each other. How we love each other. How we cope with each other. How we cope with each other's excesses. Those are the real issues we have in Christianity. And if you ask me, and because I love people, I don't like it when things are not working between people. It just messes me up, and I struggle with that. And in the midst of all that, I still have to pastor different kinds of people at different levels. You know, I've had to pastor people who won't even pick my call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, who, who, I still send and somebody. And those who send you angry emails. He said? And those who send you, those angry, who send emails. you angry emails. Those who abuse you on social media. You know? And you still have to work in love. And the people, the message that somebody heard and said, you preach that message and it just blessed me. Some people will still send you to say that message, uh, point, your point three over the bar. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and that's what some, somebody heard and said, ah, God spoke to me today. So, sir, that's my struggle. All right, um, we have the gentleman over there. There is a second hand at the back there. Um, I'm sorry, we'll only just do just two more and then we'll move on. So, yeah, yes, sir. Okay, good evening, sir. Uh, I've had the privilege of uh, observing you uh, over a decade and uh, I've seen your expanded knowledge horizon and I've seen your odyssey from Daystar to this place. And one question I have, sir, is that... Uh, Despite this intimidating profile, you have remained very, very profoundly humble. I want to know, how do you do it? How do you do it, sir? This is very experiential and personal to me. All right. All right, thank you. Um, okay, so, so where? Over there? Okay, Pastor Boale says we go over there. All right. Good evening. Uh, my name is Igbagbo, and uh, I've been coming to this church for quite a while now. And uh, in fact, when I came, it was uh, the one at Marwa. But the person that brought me here, it wasn't because she wanted to bring me to church. She had a different intention. Well, <laughs> all right, sir. I'm not saying it. <laughs> Don't worry. Just 
So, um, one question actually came to my mind right now. There was a time I was training some kids how to weave hair. I'm a stylist, so they were not getting it. So I gave them uh, a sample. Okay, go and work on this, go and do this. I give you guys two weeks to get to know how to do this thing. So two weeks after, you know, me being uh, the boss, and I saw what they were doing, it was complete out of, in fact, it was rubbish. So I forgot how I've been doing it for the past four, five years, and I just gave them two weeks to master it. So the question now is, how can you encourage us to be like you? Because I really love you personally. I won't lie. This, this is the only church I've been in, like constantly, I'm just coming. Though I've not been stable recently, but. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> it's been tough, trust me. So, uh, I like how it is here, to be very honest. I've, I've been to other churches, what they keep preaching is miracles, miracles, miracles. They don't preach reality. They just, but here, reality is being spoken. I'm telling you. So please, how to be you? How to, you know, feel okay. our brain? Thank you very much. I think Pastor Godman gets it. Okay. Yeah, yeah please, I can, please I answer can give, questions. Give it a Thank shot. You. Okay. Um, I think the two questions are kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked a question. How do you stay humble? That, um, how do you stay humble? And somebody's asking the question. How do you help people to, to yeah. get it? How, how do I, how help can I be like Help people to get you? it, how do you, yeah, how do you stay real? Okay. You know, um, Paul writing um, in um, one of the epistles in Corinthians, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, and um, the word there, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ in one translation. And when you look at the root word for whether follow or imitate, especially imitate, I think it's the Greek word that they call mimites, which is um, mimic, which is the root word for mimicking. And that was what Paul was saying. He said, I mimic Christ. And he said, you mimic me so that both of us can land in the right place. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Is that it? No, First Corinthians. Yeah, they will get it and put it up for us. So, I'll say this, that I follow Christ, and I'm being mentored by some of the best people on earth, especially uh, uh, my pastor. Yeah, Pastor Sam Adem. I talk about him everywhere I go. Yeah. That's my mentor. And it's easy to, to succeed in life when you come under the right mentoring. It's a blessing to be mentored by somebody like that. There are many things I've learned that are just like natural to just play it out in your life. So. 
I think the big question for my brother there, Ibago, is that you need to ask the question in your mind all the time. How does this guy think? That's, you know, me, how, how do I think? And I'll tell you, the raw materials for my thinking is simply the word of God. The, the mistake most Christians make today is that the raw materials for our thinking, they are too mixed up. We get some from there, some from popular culture, some from uh, social media, some from, it's not, it's, it's not bad to be on social, I'm on social media, but you have to be able to sift everything. Thoughts are things. And where you source your thought from, that invisible uh, resource that we call thought, is what dictates how you live. If you will focus more on getting the raw materials from your, for your thinking from the word of God, and who God says I am, I can do what God says I can do. Uh, if God says I, I can be holy or I can be fruitful, I can be fruitful. Some things are very difficult, but because the word of God says it, I believe it, then I can act it out. Uh, talking about grace for humility, um, without being overtly spiritual, I would say that if you follow Christ, you will always be remembered, reminded of where you are coming from and where you are going. And if you can keep at the back of your mind where you are coming from and where you are going, you will know there's no room for yeah. <laughs> for gra -gra. Yeah. There's no room for that. Because you remember where Christ brought you from and where Christ is taking you. Yeah. yeah. And then you, 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 I mean, imagine God sending his son to this world. And the first place he landed him was where nobody would think he would be there. The manger. Where you have animals and animal poo poo and urine and all that. That's where they gave birth to him. But from that place, it became the Messiah of the world. And it just, it's just for us a lesson in working with God and a lesson in humility. And then when you then know that the things that are happening around you is not because you are special. I don't know. Maybe people in this church may think I'm special. I don't see myself as special. That's the truth <laughs> for this continent. There are people groups that we have to take responsibility for and say, these people, this has been happening to them, know it, it must come to an end. There are many things that mean that children who are the future of this country that we need to take responsibility for. So I can go on and on and on. All I'm saying is that our future is very bright. The influence will continue to grow. It will go global. God will increase our greatness and comfort us on every side, and he will do the same for you and your household in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so that brings us to the end of this session, all right? Um, thank you very much, Pastor Godman.